0: All right. Well, hey, um, again, it's good to see you guys here. Um, are you ready to get in God's Word this morning? Yeah. Amen. All right. Um, open, open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Uh, chapter 5 is where we're going to begin today. And um, if, uh, if you've never been here in this portion of Scripture, this is actually known as Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And so over the next, I think it's 15 weeks, um, myself and a number of people um, in our church are going to be sharing messages uh, based upon this main sermon from Jesus. And uh, as, uh, as we go through it, what we are titling this message series is, is we're, we're calling it The Way. And um, it's because in what Jesus is communicating throughout this three, these three chapters of his, his speaking, He's basically telling us the way of following Him the way of the kingdom of God, and uh, how we are to live this earthly life in a way that uh, we will then prepare ourselves for eternity and to honoring Him in the future. And so um, so this is this is going to be a interesting series. It's going to offend you. It's going to challenge you. Um, if, if you've never read it before, I'll just tell you, just just buckle up, because this will change the way that you look at Jesus, the way you think about life, um, and the way that, that you just 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 uh, orient yourself and, and basically your motives and everything that you do. If you dig in, if you follow Jesus in this way, it's meant to change you. And so, uh, so we're going to pray that, that God will do that work through His Spirit, through His Word today. And, um, and uh, we're going to start off in a section called the Beatitudes, okay? You're probably wondering, um, if you have your Bible and you're like, what, what in the world is a Beatitude, okay? Anybody know what a Beatitude is? Not many of us. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you before we start, and then we'll pray for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but a beatitude, basically, it's a, it's a Latin translation of the word blessing. Um, and so we know what a blessing is. Um, we defined it a few months ago as God's favor and protection. But basically, the way that Jesus starts this sermon is he gives us a Blessing. He gives us, gives us a number of blessings, and these blessings aren't what we would expect to receive. Um, when someone receives a blessing, basically, usually the blesser has a, a really close and intimate relationship with the one who is blessed. And as Jesus does this for us, what he's not blessing us with is, is what we would expect. Usually we expect to receive blessings like, um, you know, Uh, You know, wealth and abundance and and great finances and a promotion and authority and power. But these blessings from Jesus seem to be upside down and opposite. Hence, even our our background on the screen right now, kind of an upside down city. To us, as we read this sermon of Jesus, what he's going to say is going to seem to be upside down. But in reality, it's not him who is upside down. It is us in our thinking about this world. See, we only live a short 70 to 80 years, and then comes eternity. And what Jesus speaks to his disciples about is he speaks about the kingdom of God. And he opens up with this blessing to them and to us. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can take these words to heart. Um, These are blessings for us today. So let's pray. Let's ask God for a blessing um, this morning. Father, thank you for your word Thank you, God, that we can go to it. Thank you for what we've already received this, received this morning through, through the songs, through, through the capital campaign, through all that we see you're doing. And God, we want to orient our heart toward your kingdom and toward eternity now. And so, Lord, we just pray and ask that um, you just open up your word to us, that your spirit would communicate to us, and that we might be changed as a result. God, we thank you even for, for what's ahead, Lord, as we baptize a couple people at the end of this service, too. Lord, as they've oriented their heart, their lives toward eternity, toward the kingdom of God. And Lord, we pray a blessing on them. Thank you, God, that we're here together. God, uh, bless our time now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, um, if you're not there already, Matthew chapter 5, let's read through our text, and then we're going we're gonna to go through it uh, verse by verse. So just read, read right through it all, all at once. It says this, the chapter 5, verse 1, seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. take that portion, that, the Beatitudes, as the beginning portion of our study today as we get into this uh, sermon series, The Way. And um, as we go, let's, go, let's just jump, uh, jump first to, to verse 1. Um, it, it talks about how the, the setting that Jesus was in. It says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on a mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So just so we know the setting, um, there aren't really any huge mountains in, in the direct area that, that Jesus was in at that time, but there were some very large hills. And so basically, when, when Jesus went up on this large hill, he preached what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, but in reality, I would actually like to call it Uh, The sermon, the the devotional on a hill, okay? That probably would be a better um, title for this sermon if you've studied uh, that area where he would have done it, okay? They've identified this place that that he was, and if you travel over to Israel, you can actually visit this exact location if you're ever interested in doing that. But it says that he sat down, there's crowds there, and he sat down with his disciples, and his disciples came to him. Now, so you know the context, so that, that we understand what's happening, Jesus actually had just called his disciples. Just, just in the ch- previous chapter before Jesus had begun his ministry, uh, John the Baptist had been preparing the way. Jesus was baptized. In chapter 4, we see that for 40 days, Jesus was out in the desert being tempted. He had come through that, and now he was calling his first disciples, preaching a message repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it says that, that when he saw these, these fishermen out, out catching fish, he, he, said, he said, hey, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. These were just ordinary men, um, probably even young men that, that did not go into rabbinical school, but had decided just to go and work for their dad um, in the fishing industry. These were the kind of common men, uneducated men, that Jesus called to himself to come and follow me. And that's, that's what Jesus actually calls us to do as well. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus calls you just to come, follow me. And now, as he's, he's taking these disciples with him, he's going to teach them about the values of the kingdom of God. He's going to teach them about the way how he is the way, the truth, and the life, how he fulfills the law of Moses, and he's going to give them a message that he wants them to also give to those that, that, that are beyond them as well. And so if you're a disciple of Jesus, know that this is also for you. Um, this is a message that not only did he preach to these disciples, but he wants you to take in yourself personally and then uh, make that your message as well. And so let's begin in verse 3. <clears throat> it says, well, two, he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, verse three, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I, uh, it helps me if I can understand a sermon text through illustration, okay? And I've had some crazy illustrations, but this one has a very obvious illustration. The Beatitudes are like a ladder. And so I brought a ladder with me today, and I want, I want to illustrate this text through, through this ladder right here, okay? The Beatitudes are like, like a ladder. Now, what Charles Spurgeon said was the ladder is only useful if it has its, its bottom rung on the, on the lowest step, where it's accessible to all of us, okay? And so when we look at this first blessing, what we see is, is as, as this is the way of the kingdom, the first blessing starts at the bottom. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What is he talking about? The lowest rung on the ladder for all of us is that we are spiritual beggars. You're like, what? I'm a spiritual beggar? Yeah, you're a spiritual beggar. That is who you are. Just think of, think of that blind, lame person that only has, has that cup clinking, 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 some change in it, asking alms, alms for the poor. Oh, you know, you can't do anything, okay? It's not the kind of beggars often that we even have today where they like make a career out of it. No, this is someone that's totally incapable of going to work because they're physically impaired. They can't see, they can't walk. I mean, they can't hear. I mean, they just can't do it for themselves. And what Jesus says is that we are all starting right here, the lowest rung of the ladder. And this is actually, this is our foundation. Um, And it's important that we realize that for ourselves. And we we know the scripture that, 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 you know, we're we're told the wages, you know, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all begin low, okay? The wages of sin is death. Um, that is what we all deserve. We, we deserve eternal separation and punishment from a holy God. Um, we're incapable by anything good that we can do to, to make it up to heaven, okay? We would love to get to heaven ourselves, but we are incapable of that because our sin, it separates us from God. God is holy, he is holy. That means he, he is other. He is completely perfect. And in heaven is a place, the, the kingdom of heaven is a place where there is no sin in it. And so in heaven, there's going to be no good Christians, okay? Just so you know that. You don't come to church and just be a good Christian. You can't just be a good Christian in order to get up into the kingdom of heaven. No, you have to start as a spiritual beggar. And that, that's all of us. The playing field is level for all of us. No matter how long you've been coming to church, no matter how long you've heard the Bible and heard about Jesus, maybe you just kind of grew up with it. I don't know what it's been for you. But we all start here, no matter what our background. We are all spiritual beggars in need of a Savior. In, uh, in Luke chapter 18, it um, talks about this. Um, Luke chapter 18 is, is, uh, verses nine through 14. Um, there was an illustration that Jesus gave of a Pharisee and a tax collector. I'll tell you the story. Basically, Pharisee was a religious leader during that day. Um, basically they tried to keep with all their heart. They were very devout to keep the old Testament law that God had given to them. And, uh, and, and, and so it says, Jesus, Jesus says that there was a Pharisee who came to the temple to pray. And what, what he did when he came to the temple is, is uh, he, he prayed like this and said, I, I fast twice a week. This is verse 12, 18 verse 12. I give tithes of all that I get, okay? Um, he's basically boasting before God of how good he was, Okay. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like that tax collector over there. He looked over at someone that in that day and age was known as one of the greatest sinners of all because he basically ripped people off. He looked over and and thought of himself as being better, but then the scene changes. It goes from the self-righteous Pharisee over to this humble tax collector. And what does it say about the tax collector? In verse 13, it says, But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And you know Jesus' response to that prayer? He said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now right there is the gospel. We all start right there. If you didn't realize it, put yourself in that place because you cannot receive the gospel unless you realize that you are a spiritual beggar. Your sin separates you from God. You need Jesus. You need his work on your behalf. There's no place for pride in the kingdom of God. We all are spiritual beggars. Okay, we spent a lot of time on that, but it is the foundation for us all. Okay, so as you're understanding, this is the foundation. We're all spiritual beggars. Second, let's go on to, to the second verse in verse, um, verse 4. And each of these, just so you know, they, they kind of they build upon each other, okay? And, uh, and so, so he, he goes on, he says to his disciples, second, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, when we, you realize that you are a spiritual beggar, you'll, 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 you'll see yourself for who you are. And then you'll also see Jesus for who he is. And there should be a remorse that you have over your sin. Can I tell you, if you are feeling remorse, if you're feeling, feeling deep pain over your past, over what you've done that separates you from God, that, that's a good thing. You know, because, because what it does is it, if, it, if it's done in the right way, if it's done through the lens of the gospel, through what Jesus has done, if you're grieved over your sin, um, it should lead you to repenting and turning from that sin and turning yourself to Jesus. Not to feel hopeless or helpless, but to knowing the help that Jesus gave, that he died for your sin on the cross. And, and what he endured on your behalf should cause you to grieve and mourn but man, not as people that don't have, don't have hope, okay? So we, we are people that have hope. And so that, that's the second beatitude. It builds, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for what? They shall be comforted. What a blessing. Do you want to have comfort or do you want to have guilt? Because what this world gives us is guilt, Okay, there's no hope with the world. If you've you've screwed up, man, there is just guilt all the way. But man, in Jesus Christ, he he provides comfort. He is the God of all comfort. Okay, so that we don't don't grieve as people who don't have any hope. Okay, let's move on. This one's a little interesting. (laughs) Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Can I explain this? So it begins with spiritual beggars, goes up a step to blessed are those who mourn, and then it's, he says, blessed are the meek. Can I just tell you, Jesus did not say blessed are the, the weak, okay? Sometimes we, we think of these two things as, as being the same, but he said blessed are the meek. What does meek mean? The word meek means power under control. And with, with each of these beatitudes, just know that Jesus himself he actually experienced them on, on our behalf and, and lived them out for us. Um, because what did it what did it actually say about Jesus Himself? He was the one who came as one who was meek among us. I want to want to just flip over to um, Philippians chapter two, um, five through ten. If you want to, you can. Um, if you're quick, I'm just going to read it here. It says in Philippians chapter two about Jesus Christ and how he came and how then we should follow after his example. It said said there, um, Paul to the Philippian church, he said, "'Have this mind among yourselves, "'which is yours in Christ Jesus, "'who, although he was in the form of God, "'did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, "'but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, "'and being born in the likeness of men,' of God the Father. Can I tell you, even though Jesus possessed all authority, He chose meekness. He chose humility, didn't He? And what this scripture passage just told us is that we, one of the values, one of the blessings of the kingdom is that when we choose to live as Jesus Christ lived, we won't get the raw end of the deal. Because, because what's the result of those who are meek? It says they shall inherit the earth. Now, that, that doesn't really make sense for us. Because I don't, I don't know where you work, but what our world tells us is to climb the corporate ladder. Doesn't it? And how do you, how do you climb the corporate ladder? By pushing other people down, right? By, by being authoritative, by building yourself up, by having a great resume, by doing really hard work and, and you know, sometimes even cutting corners and, and, man, promoting yourself and becoming famous and, and wealthy and, man, that, that, is, that is the ideal of this world. Climb the corporate ladder. Jesus did not say climb the corporate ladder. He said climb the kingdom ladder. Amen. Climb the kingdom ladder. And that begins by realizing your spiritual poverty, mourning over your sin and being meek. Power under control. What does that mean for our daily lives? Well, it means that, that when we're tempted to exert our own authority and our own power, make things go our own way, what we say is, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose the path of meekness. And it may mean that I get stepped on, may get cut down, may get hurt. But I believe that there's a promise ahead that it's not all about achievement and and acquiring possession and fame and status and power here on earth. It's about claiming my authority as a child of God, claiming the kingdom of God as as my great reward. That's what Jesus is talking about. That seems so upside down. seems so backwards. But man, that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. Forsake all of that. Leave it all behind. Go after my kingdom. My authority, my power, it's with you. And when you do, you won't receive the raw end of the deal. You won't. Know that. You will inherit the earth. Okay? All right, let's keep on going. Here's the fourth one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be satisfied. Now what Jesus was speaking to in, in that day was something that, that they knew very well, didn't they? Um, this was to a culture where who, who grew up with a well. Anybody? OK, yeah, there's a few of you, OK? Yeah, so you, so you had this experience as a kid where you had to go out to the well, pump your water, you, know, fill up your bucket, warm it up for your bath, whatever that's what they had to do only, only with an exception. Um, they probably, some of them had to walk for miles to go get their water. They didn't just have the Walmart or the Respects down, the, down the street to, we call it the big blue refrigerator at our house. Cause we, you know, we can kind of see it from our house. We call it, that's what we call it. Okay. <laughs> they didn't have that. And so so if they didn't have the food in their house or with them or or the market was closed man they they starved or they were thirsty um I've I've you know the only experience that I remember really really being thirsty was when I took a 7-day camping trip out to Yosemite National Park um anybody anybody been there before Yosemite if you haven't, which is most of you, um, that is worth going to. Okay, um, make it make it one of your bucket list goals because it's worth it. My dad um, did that when he was in college, and he uh, loved it so much that he wanted to take us as kids on a seven-day camping trip. And on that camping trip, we took took all our food with us. Um, basically, it was it was food that that uh, we had to then um, you know use water to then make and, and, uh, and cook on, on site. But basically, uh, we could only take the dry food with us because that's what was light. And we had to um, take a water filtration system, a pump, to find water along the way. Well, it just so happened that the year that we went was one of the years of an incredible drought in, in uh, California at that time. And so when we went to um, Yosemite National Falls, if you've seen pictures of that, it's just masses of water coming over, over, that, over that waterfall. Well, we had the experience of it was dried up completely. And so we got to sit dangling our feet over the edge of it. Okay? What that also meant, though, was it became very difficult to find water on that trip. And so anytime we found a little, a little pond or a little lake or a little stream, we were, we were always dropping that water filtration system down. We're pumping, up, pumping our water to try and, try and get what we had until we could get to our next location. Well, we didn't plan things out right. And so on a day when we had a seven-hour hike ahead of us, we had no water. And, uh, and we went that whole day without water until finally <laughs> we found a mud puddle, basically. And uh, I remember us getting, getting putting, putting that water filtration system down in that mud puddle and just, just going at it for, for an hour just to try to get just a few drops of water so that we could quench our thirst, okay? Jesus, he's talking here about hungering and thirsting, okay? We don't often have that experience, but man, if, if, you've, uh, if you've fasted for, for, for a time, maybe, maybe that has been some experience for you where you can identify with this. What Jesus is saying is that just as you hunger, just as you thirst, just as there's that incredible pain in your stomach, parched, parchedness in your mouth and your lips, and you're just craving for any drop of water, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I think what, what we can actually identify he, here with is, is I think, think we live our life trying to move from satisfaction to satisfaction to satisfaction. And um, I notice that in myself. You know, I, I'm someone that, that enjoys different hobbies. And I like, like researching things and trying to get the ideal setup for, for my hobby and then I think, when I finally get to buy that, then I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be satisfied. But what always happens? This happens for you too. Don't, don't leave me hanging. Okay? <laughs> what happens? When you get it, you're on to the next thing. It only lasts just for a little bit. Right? And what Jesus says here is, blessed are those who hunger, thirst for righteousness they will be satisfied. Do you want to be satisfied? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus will give it. Jesus is one who, who, uh, one time when he was preaching, he said, um, come to me, I'm, I'm the living water. He said, if anyone wants a drink, come to me and I'll give him living water that will satisfy. That's who Jesus is. Okay? And so as we move up the kingdom ladder, you know, these things seem so backwards to us in in our world. But man, if we want the blessings of Jesus, these are the things that we will go after. All right, keep on going. Here's the fifth one. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Mercy. This, is, this is a blessing that is, that is given um, to those that give mercy, saying that if you are giving mercy, you'll be then on the receiving end of mercy. What is mercy? It's actually when you know, we withhold what is, what is rightly deserved. And so I, I don't know if you've ever received mercy, but basically when you deserve to get something bad for what you did, they let you off the hook. And maybe they gave you something good. Um, you know, grace, grace is, is giving something that you didn't deserve. Mercy is withholding something that you, you did deserve, if that makes sense. And what Jesus says is that, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And there's a few parables that Jesus, stories that Jesus told about this. He told a story about, about this, this, this ruler who had servants that, that owed him money. And this one servant owed him like, like millions of dollars. Okay, I'm just kind of paraphrasing what the story was about. But basically this debt that he could never repay in his lifetime, even if he tried. And the master let him off the hook. But then this, this servant went to another fellow servant that owed him like 10 bucks. And he beat him up and threw him in prison. And he treated him really badly. And the master came back to the servant that he had forgiven of so much. And he said, what's going on? You couldn't forgive. You couldn't show mercy after I showed such great mercy to you, and and the way that he ends ends that story is, for those who show no mercy, no mercy will be shown to you. And that that's for us as believers. When we realize our spiritual poverty, when we mourn over our sin, when we are when we are meek, and when we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, what that places us in the position of is we realize. We have received such mercy from God. And so it should soften our hearts in the way that we relate to other people who are also spiritual beggars, maybe with something else. Maybe they're different from us. I, I just want you to know if you come to Valley Church and you're like, I'm not comfortable with this whole thing, I don't know what following Jesus is all about, can I just tell you? We are ones who have received mercy. We are all spiritual beggars. We have received the mercy of God. And so it's our then responsibility to then give it to others. And that's the value of the kingdom of God. You'll be shown mercy. Okay, let's keep on going. Verse 8. Verse 8. He says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure in heart was a phrase that uh, meant honesty openness, um, clarity, purity, and intimacy. Now, our world has kind of ruined the word intimacy, but when I say that word, just think in your head, into me you see, into me you see. And in in our relationship with God, that's what God longs for. Even though God sees it all, he, he wants us in response to open up our heart to him. And uh, I believe there's a great example in Scripture of a man. His, his name was David. You, you know him as being the giant slayer. Um, I also know him as King David. And uh, he was the one who was also a murderer and an adulterer, um, along with probably a host of many other sins, okay? Just like, just like me and you, okay? Great sinners. But what the difference with David was this. He realized his own sin. He confessed of it. He repented of it to God, and he received cleansing and forgiveness. He opened up his heart. He was transparent with God by confessing his sin. And what God provided with him is an intimate friendship, an intimate relationship with him, um, being a friend of God. And isn't that what we want? God wants a relationship with you. But it can only come if you will open up your heart to him. And that, that is a challenge that, that I want to give you today is, will you open up your heart to him? Will you show him your weakness, your meekness, your, your state of being a spiritual beggar? Will you grieve over your sin? Will you express to him, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you in order to receive the blessings that you have for me. That's what the Lord wants. Blessed are the pure in heart. The blessing is they shall see God they shall see God. Okay, keep on going. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I love this because just as we have seen Jesus as our example in each of these Beatitudes, um, what I want you to know is that because of what Jesus has done for us, we then have a mission ourselves, okay? And so, so as, we, as we begin at the beginning, what I want you to know is that Satan is the opposite of peace. It's, it's important to understand this beatitude with the opposite of what it is, okay? Satan wants us to be at war with God. Satan wants us to be in conflict with God. Uh, Satan does not want us to have a relationship with God. And uh, what Jesus came is he came as the prince of peace, bringing peace to the conflict that we had between us and God. The wages of sin is death. Jesus himself took our place. He was crucified on our behalf as our substitute, as the Lamb of God, bringing peace through the blood of his cross. But the blessing here is is that it doesn't stop there. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What God has done is he has given us a mission. He's given us a ministry. And this is called, what, what I like to call it, is, is the ministry of, of reconciliation. Okay? Um, I'm just going to read a small portion of scripture that talks about this. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth saying, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And all of this is from God, who through Christ was reconciling us to himself. And he then gave us the ministry of reconciliation, being a peacemaker. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us, that's us, Valley Church, the message of reconciliation. That's the gospel message. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you get our ministry? Just as Jesus has ministered to us, reconciling us to God, so we have been given, as ambassadors of Jesus, the ministry of reconciliation. And so if you have a friend, you have a loved one, you have a coworker, you have someone that you're just around every day, you just meet someone on the street. Man, if you're like Darren, you just meet anybody, you know everybody right away, I mean, you just start talking to them, okay? Not all of us are Darren, but if, if, you're, if you are kind of like that, you have a ministry, you really do. All of us have that. And, um, and, and the message is be reconciled to God. I'm imperfect. You're imperfect. We're all sinners. We're all separated from God because of what we've done. Receive Jesus. You can have hope today in his name. Don't put it off. You have a ministry of reconciliation. If you do that, the blessing is you'll be recognized for who you are. You will be called a son of God or a daughter of God. All right, here's the last one. As we're making up our, our way through, through this ladder, let's just recognize these are all building on each other to this final culmination, okay? And the final culmination is really not what we would expect, but it's there for us, and we got to learn from it. Actually, the culmination is what I like to call a double blessing. A double blessing but it comes in a way that we wouldn't expect. And and I would say this is often what I would call the blessing that no one wants. And you'll see what I mean in just a second. But Jesus says we are to want this. We are to desire this. Verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, the, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know what I mean? The blessing nobody wants. But what Jesus says is, yeah, you're to desire to be persecuted for my sake. Because when you are, not only are you identifying with me, you're also identifying with the prophets, all the saints of old who were persecuted. And I, I can just imagine the disciples thinking, Jesus, what? Like, we just started following you? Like, what, what are we signing up for, Jesus? Like, we're just playing fishermen. And fishing wasn't that dangerous. I think I might want to go back to that. And actually, they tried later on, didn't they? But here's the thing that, that, that I, I believe was being communicated here. In, in this book of Matthew, up until this point, we have not seen that uh, Jesus is facing too, too many threats against his life. There's not a lot of anger that, and people, people being against Jesus so far up until this point. But what he's telling them is just be prepared, be prepared for that. And I believe that Jesus is telling us here as, as a valley church, if you're going to live your life for the kingdom of God, be prepared. Those of you who are getting baptized, even today, um, Jesus did not preach a prosperity gospel. He preached a persecution gospel. Life is going to get harder if you're following Jesus. But the blessing is this: What he said? What's the double blessing? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You've got an eternity that awaits you. And great is your reward. Great is your reward. If you go to work or you go to school, and you go back to your families and you're like, and they don't, they don't get it. If you're taking a stand for the truth in a world of lies, and you're persecuted for it, if you're kicked out of your job, if you're kicked out of, out of teaching school or whatever you're doing, um, man, if, if, if you're criticized or you're demoted for not cutting corners at work, for doing the thing that's right and true and responsible, blessed are you when others persecute you for my sake. If you start using the name of Jesus, if you bring your Bible to work and you start reading it, you start a Bible study with people, you start telling him about, about what Jesus means for you, blessed are you when others curse you and tell you, man, you who are you? What are you doing? Get out of here. When you're ostracized, when you don't have friends, the friends that you used to have, blessed are you. Great is your reward. You're looking forward to a kingdom of heaven. The other blessing is this. Just as we, we um, um, you know, are, identify with the prophets who are before us, we have a church family, don't we? And this is to become a true family, family that identifies and cares for each other family who loves each other and is there for you. Um, and so, so if you're going through something hard, um, let's just remember we're a family and we need each other. And, uh, and so, so especially in those difficult times, to keep our eyes fixed on the kingdom of God. In all of this, let's just also be reminded of this. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And uh, his yoke is easy. His burden is light when we follow him. We're not to produce all these things in our number self. No, the Spirit of God produces these desires within our heart when we receive Jesus and our followers of Him. And so let's pray for that. Let's pray that even through this whole series that God would fix our eyes on the kingdom of heaven. And so let's pray together. God, I thank you that, Lord, you've shown us this ladder today to what kingdom living is, is like. And God, I, I just want to pray, God, that for our church, and for the the community here that, um, God, you would just open up our hearts to receive this message from you, that this week we'd be able to meditate upon it and, Lord, align our life to it. God, that um, you take away all fear, you take away all the distractions from living for the kingdom of God, and that, God, we'd be about your work, knowing that we are poor in spirit, we are meek. God, we, 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 we are mourning over our sin. We hunger and thirst for your righteousness. We're seeking first your kingdom. God, we're, we're, we're facing persecution. We're facing hardship, God, in all of these things. Whatever comes, Lord, help us to remember your kingdom is ahead. As we keep on praying today, I, I also just want to speak to those who may be here and may want to follow Jesus even for the first time right now. If you're here and you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, the scripture says this, today is the day of salvation. And uh, if, you, if you want to have hope today, hope and healing in Jesus' name, you can have that. Um, scripture says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So don't put that decision off. If you'd like to make that decision with me, I'd like to lead you in a prayer just to confess your sin to God and to come to him by faith. If you'd like to pray that prayer, just just raise up your hand with me. I'd like to lead lead you in that. If anyone here would like to do that, just, just raise up your hand. I'd like to lead you in that prayer, just affirming your faith in Jesus Christ. As a church, let's just pray together. Jesus Christ, we believe in you. We believe your gospel is true we believe you are the way the truth and the life and so today we want to live for your kingdom we believe you died on the cross for our sins and that you rose again from the dead and lord because you live we also can live we confess that we are poor spiritual beggars in need of you We thank you, God, that you sent your son, Jesus, to save us. God, would you bless us as we we endeavor to live for your kingdom and for your glory here. And thank you, God, for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen.